Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Glory Glory Man United podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kyle Quinn, and joining me today is our regular panelist, Nigel Duffy. How's it going, Nigel? Going well, thanks, Kyle. Definitely going well after Manchester United's 3 0 win against West Ham at Old Trafford. Although the scoreline is a bit deceiving, uh, it, it sounds like an easy routine victory, but was actually hard fought from United's point of view. Uh, and if you look at the stats, um, West Ham had 22 shots, United had 12. Um, okay, United had more shots on target, 5 to 3. Um, now, looking further down the stats here, um, West Ham had eight block shots, where United only had two. So there's a lot of last defending from, from Manchester United. Um, and West Ham had more corners in the game as well, uh, eight corners to United's five. So uh, it's fair to say United were more clinical and took the chances, Nigel. Oh, definitely, definitely. But as you say, West Ham were always in the game. We're always capable of conceding at the back. We haven't got a steady back four. Martinez is the main man. He's much better than the other three defenders. He can actually defend. He reads the game better. And you talked about eight blocks. Most of those blocks, maybe six, were all from Martinez. By reading the game, picking the ball up when it had been lost by somebody beside him or in front of him. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful player. He's been out already this season for four months. It, it It's a body blow that he had to leave yesterday after 71 minutes. Anybody else you can afford to lose, but not your best defender. When our, our goal difference, Kyle, is still minus one, it is it is shocking to think that we're going to have to play with a combination of, of players that, that none of them comes anywhere near what I would think is the superb defender at the club, Lisa Martinez. Yeah, there's no doubt that he's one of our best centre-backs, um, probably one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League. And it's it's not a coincidence that we've seen an upturn in results since he's came back. Um, and now it looks like we're going to be losing him again. As you said, he went off. Uh, a West Ham player landed on him when his leg was outstretched. And I think that he has done damage to his knee. And according, according to a Argentinian journalist, who's quite good with um, news regarding Argentinian players, that... Gusto Edol, um, he says that Lissandro Martinez has, spree- has a sprained collateral ligament. The worst case scenario has been avoided, um, but it, it will be between six to eight weeks to recover, and he does not need surgery. Um, now, the worst possible scenario was that his season would have been over and he would have been ruled out till August, but thankfully it's only six to eight weeks, but he's going he's gonna to miss some crucial fixtures for United, not least the way to Villa, you know, the Manchester Derby, um, a couple of FA Cup ties. So, um, mixed feelings about this. You know, I, I was expecting the worst that it, that he's going to be out till next season. Um, but still, losing him for even one game is bad news, isn't it, Nigel? Oh, it's dreadful. It's dreadful. If you even go back to the previous game against Wolves, which we watched, Kyle, that terrible cross that the goalkeeper flapped at and the ball was headed over him. And who was on the line to clear it? I mean, that sort of uh, uh, reading of the game is just incomparable compared to what we normally see at the back there. I mean, the goals we've already conceded in, in, in 22 league games, 23. But it's, 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 uh, how do you, everything was based around him and quite rightly so because he's the classy footballer. The rest of them are, are filling in there as far as I'm concerned until we get 
better replacements. You must start at the back with a steady back four. And we are going back the next game against Aston Villa next week with our out our lead defender and a square one again for me. We, you couldn't back United from now to the end of the season without Martinez with not conceding a goal in every single game. I have said to you before that possibly the 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 worst three, possibly five teams in the twenty team Premier League, as that's how bad I think our current defence is. And the, the, the numbers reflect that, Kyle, very clearly. Yeah, and another important aspect of Martinez's play is his line breaking passes. He always looks to pass the ball forward. Um even in the matter in game, there's a lot of sideways passing, but Martinez almost never does that. Um, he can play a, a defence-splitting pass, and we've seen that in recent games, and we have really missed that. You think he set up one of the goals against Newport? The, or was it? I think it was the chance where Garnacho hit the crossbar against Newport, yeah. and uh, Martinez always out of this world, um, and we're really going to miss that as well, aren't we? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, he's a lovely left foot, and he sees things early. Once he once he intercepts a pass, perhaps from somebody else's mistake, he's on the front foot, and as you say, plays distribution is beautiful from the back to the front. It, it's going to be badly, badly missed. Um, Danny here says in the comments that uh, he had a badly sprained ankle ligaments at the end of November, and I'm still feeling it today, nine weeks later. Um, I didn't have the medical help that you know that you would have in Manchester United. Um, yeah, but M- Martinez will always have access you know, to the best possible medical care, you would have thought. Um, I'm hoping that they've said that six weeks at the earliest and eight weeks at the worst. I'm hoping that maybe, as it's only a, it's only a sprain, that maybe he might make it back in four weeks. Sometimes that happens. You know, people, uh, they're... They're ahead of schedule and, and they get back to playing sooner than expected. Um, but what's important, though, is that we don't rush him back. Um, we yeah. did that when he got injured against Sevilla last season. We rushed him back. Um, I think it was discovered that he had a broken foot that was undetected or something, which is why he struggled in the first part of the season. He didn't look himself. And obviously, he ended up needing surgery and being out for four months. It's It's been a frustrating uh, season for for us on on Martinez, um, but we had this with Vidic. You know, fully committed players who get stuck in, they, they tend to pick up impact injuries. Um, you probably remember yourself, Nigel, how many times Vidic picked up an injury because he was he was full blooded, wasn't he? He was. He was very committed. Kevin Moore was the same, but his injuries were normally head injuries because he. He, he, he was throwing his head at people. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the bravest footballers ever played for the club. But when you consider Martinez's commitment to some of the players we have strolling about, even yesterday, it, it's, it's amazing the difference between that word commitment and just going through the motions. Yeah, and he reads the game so well as well, um, which is fairly important. Yeah, there's just we don't have another defender like him at the club. Um like it's one of the rare occasions where we'll actually praise Ten Hag for making a signing. <laughs> um, yeah. Very rare. Um, yes. uh, Danny here says Shaw needs to stay at left back. I would agree with that. So it will be Verona Maguire at centre back. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think we we miss Shaw at left back if he's playing centre back, and then that it probably means Dallo. I left back with them, not a fan of. So the best case scenario, really, at the moment, is Varane on Maguire, because um, 
I think both of us are not a fan of Lindelof and, you know, Johnny Evans is 36 years old. Um, he's done okay in most of the games that he's played this season. If Varane and Maguire is, is not a bad idea, but and if you're playing against pace, then it, it could be an issue. Um, so probably overall, Varane and Maguire is the, the, the best case scenario. Although Maguire, who was solid for most of yesterday, uh, he he made a, a major error um, that led in Emerson, and he shanked it into the stands. So we got we got lucky with that one, and so did Maguire. Um, yeah, Maguire seemed to either miscontrolled. Yeah, I think his, his touch let him down, and Emerson stole in um, and was clean through. Um, but thankfully, he didn't score. Um, but yeah. Maguire, um, that's that's the thing with Maguire. He can be he can he can be decent for most of the game. But then he's always got that error in him and that lets him down. Um like like what we saw yesterday or scoring an own goal or you know, you know, making a rash challenge. Um yeah. Uh, Maguire's just nowhere near the level of, of, of Martinez, I'm afraid. No, definitely not. He he thinks he's time and he hasn't got it and he's found out. And that's when he's at his most vulnerable. But the the wee dink over his head there near the end, I was surprised he was caught out by that because if you ask me to talk about his strengths, it's definitely in the air, and you like to think when corners and free kicks come in, he'll be dominant and clear. But uh, just shows you what can happen. Yes, that's when he mistimed his header on the ball and over his head to Jared Bowen. He had a brilliant first touch, took him through on goal, and and luckily Dallow made a last ditch <laughs> challenge. Yeah, to, it's a great to challenge, block the yeah. shot. Yeah, to be fair to Dallow, yeah, he was he fully committed there. Through. Yeah. He was. He came from a long way back as well. He showed great pace. Um, Adalo, he he's good when we're in possession, you know, uh, in recent times. But yesterday we seen him get beat far too many times by uh, Mohamed Kudus, and that's the problem. I know Kudus is a is a quality player, Um Dallo gets beat far too often in one on one situations. Um, and that's why uh, I'm not getting carried away. There seems to be a big divide in the fan base at the moment over Dallow. Some people are lauding him, saying how much he's improved and we need to give him more praise. And other people are just not impressed, like me, thinking, okay, there is a slight improvement there. And he's he's good when we're in possession um, for the most yeah. part. But uh, is def- your your number one job as a right back is, is your defending man. He's just nowhere near good enough uh, there. I know he... he yeah, I know he made a last test challenge, and that was very important. But f- when he he's been when there's a PC winger running at him one on one, I don't trust him. Uh, and yeah, he got he got beat far too many times yesterday by by Mohamed Kudus. So uh, like it's like you alluded to earlier, Nigel, the the back four is not is not. It looks it looks better when Martinez and Shaw are in it. Um, when you take yeah. Martinez out now, um, I fully expect us to. You know, concede goals like we have, like we have done. Um, you know, it, we have to score three or four to win games now because we're conceding far too many, aren't we? That's true. Well, Kyle, I saw uh, Dallow yesterday at least three or four times in the midfield, and twice I saw him on the left side of midfield, and he's a right-footed player. Now, when he was there, where was the man he was supposed to be marking at that particular point of the game? Because we've seen before in the goals conceded this season, the ball's cleared from the back quickly from from a counter attack. 
Dallow's not there in the picture at all. And the, the, the right side is totally vacant for a clear-cut attack and a possible goal from our opposition. Does the manager but, give him licence to do that? To leave his man and go in yes, the left side? Yes, he does. Well, I don't agree with that. I think that's terrible organisation. Yeah, it's fair. It's high risk football, all right. Um, giving Dal the license to to operate as an extra midfielder, um, but then you're leaving yourself open at the back. You know, we've seen the equaliser from Newport County where Dallow must be twenty yards off his man when the ball came in, and that's totally unacceptable, especially when he's playing against a fourth division team. Yeah, he should he should look like he should stand out like a superstar when he's playing against a a winger at that yeah. level. Yeah. Um. When he was on the attack yesterday, he done one of his trademark stepovers. Do, do you remember that one? <laughs> um, Alala Ronaldo, yeah. He's watching too many old yeah. old tapes, I think. I think his shot was blocked. Um, but yeah, do you notice he's taking a lot of uh, shots from outside the area now? Because he scored against Wigan and Sheffield United, he, he thinks yeah. he can score from anywhere now. He's getting a bit carried away with himself there, isn't he? Oh, he certainly is. And um, if the ball ricochets up the other side of the pitch, we're a man down and totally exposed. I mean, somebody has to see that. That's a major danger for our defence. Yeah, I, I, I've said it for a while now that we need we need an upgrade at right back. Um, like Juan Bissaka, as good as he is at defending, um, st- still doesn't have what you want from our modern fullback, which is, you know, almost operating as a wing-back. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Kyle Walker are streets ahead of Wan-Bissaka in possession, so um, we need to have somebody who's, who's at that level, I think. It's very hard in the modern day to find a blend between a really great one-on-one defender, someone who can defend the back post, and then someone who can get forward and get assists and goals, you know. It's very hard yeah. to find someone who can do all of those things. Um, but we'll, uh, my... my preference would have been to keep one Basaka, sell Dallow and get a really attacking fullback and then you have two different fullbacks for certain situations depending on who your opponent is but it seems to me as if you know one Basaka could be the one that's going to be sold and um, I hear there's interest from from Saudi clubs but we'll see we'll wait and see how it turns out and um, Donnie here says that Dallow has lapses in concentration absolutely so he needs to improve in that respect I agree he has come on leaps and bounds season yeah um yeah, we're just not quite at. Uh, his defending is just not quite at the level that's required uh, if we're going to win the Premier League. Um, so I do think we need an upgrade. Um, so another talking point from yesterday before we get on to the goals, the most exciting thing to talk about was Casemiro. I felt had a much better game than what we've seen this season. It was, I wouldn't say he was completely like the Casemiro of last season, but it was a step. In that direction, and um, he obviously he got the assist for Hoyland's goal with a well-timed interception, um, and some of the balls he was spraying left and right were excellent. It was more like the old Casemiro, wasn't it, Nigel? Yeah, well, he's a he's a lovely player when he's on his game, and he's in his thirties now. You can see he's been out. He was out since November, and he's come back, and he struggled, but he's building up his match fitness. We can all talk about physical fitness, but in your thirties. It takes a degree of time, and certainly yesterday, since his return, that was his best game. And he's a very, very brave footballer. He wasn't as rash yesterday. Didn't get booked, did he, Kyle? I can't quite recall. I don't think he did. No, I don't think he did. No. Um, yeah, not in this game, no. 
No, you know, he, he has the self-discipline problems, but but he was better yesterday. And as you say, his distribution, two or three balls were perfect. And the first goal he made it through his bravery was a, a great ball to win. We, people often say United's midfield doesn't win 50-50 balls. Well, he's the man's going to win them because he knows how to do it. He's been doing it for years. He's a classy player on his day. Yeah, and no United player was booked yesterday, actually, which is good to see. It's very rare that that happens. Um, yeah. Now, getting to the goals. So, like we've just said, Casemiro with the interception, um, ball falls to Hoyland, who f- feints the shoot with his right foot, takes a pass to the defender. No, feints the shoot with his left foot. Then instead uses his left foot to take a pass to the defender and then fires it into the net like an arrow with his right foot right into yeah. the corner, unsavable. Uh, you know, that was just w- with his right foot and he's a left-footed player. And I remember Van Persie was able to score power shots with his left and right foot. And obviously, there's a certain United striker who's on loan at Getafe who can do that as well. So it's absolutely brilliant that we've, that we've got a number nine who can score with both feet. Yeah, absolutely, Maris. I think he did the defenders because in his first season in the Premier League, he's always seemed to look, certainly to me, that he favoured his left foot and he hammered that goal in, in the other week on the left side. But he let them go thinking and he fainted and cut inside, as you say, and then drilled it. And he hit the ball very hard with his uh, alleged weak foot into the corner. It was a super goal and a lovely finish. And boy, did he enjoy that on his birthday card. Yeah, his 21st birthday. Um, I don't think my 21st birthday was quite as exciting as that now, going in, in front of the, the, the East yeah. Stand at Old Trafford. Um, yeah. Marvellous. Um, you, were, you, you were probably now, in the place where Marcus Rashford was last week on your 21st birthday, I would imagine. <laughs> You're absolutely right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he got a brilliant uh, goal with his left foot against Tottenham. That was a, another power shot, which is right, nearly took the net off. But then he got like a scruffy goal against Wolves. Um, I like strikers getting scruffy goals or getting in there into the right areas um, in the six-yard box, uh, getting on the end of crosses. Um, but I also love the, the shots from outside the box. So we're seeing a, re- a great variety of goals, aren't we, from Hoyland? Yes, he seems to be more, I thought the interaction between the front three in particular yesterday was much, much better. I mean, you and I have talked about uh, Hoyland being starred to service in the first half of the season, and so he was. And you could often see the frustration uh, on his face. And, and, and you reminded me that he kicked the, the post in frustration the other week because he was in a goal scoring position and wasn't found. But certainly yesterday, if you consider, if you take uh, the four goals against Wolves and three goals yesterday. That now we're beginning to turn round. The front three are beginning to link and we can get goals. And if they start building up, and all three can get into double figures, let's let's move on and and let them believe in themselves. We're five games undefeated. All right, we haven't played a lot of games uh, in 2024, but we're undefeated at the moment before we go to Aston Villa. So we want to build on that, and especially the goal-scoring stakes, which is really exciting when they, they link together and get round the back. It's so, so important to get round the back. And as you say, Hoyland's the man. He'll be in the middle, and he can knock it in. Whether it comes off the keeper and goes in often, so what? It's a goal for centre-forward, and I agree with you. Uh, that's uh, every goal counts. Yeah, and another player who had a superb performance was Alejandro Garnacho, who's given 
in the man of the, man of the match by each guy. Um, and once again, he came on the right-hand side, um, scoring two goals. Um, the, 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 the first one um, was a def- deflected shot with his left foot, but it was on target. You know, this happens to lots of teams in the league. You know, I've watched matches today countless times this season, seeing the likes of Villa, Manchester City, Arsenal. You, sh- you get the ball on target, it can ricochet off a defender and take it past the goalkeeper. Um, and that's exactly what happens. Good to see us get a wee bit of luck at that. Um, it might have been going in anyway, though. Um, and in the second one, um, the, the, I think it was McTominay took the ball off Calvin Phillips, another error from him in back-to-back games. And then he led it off to Garnacho, who, who slid it into the corner for a second goal of the game. Um, so Ho- Hoyland is now up to 10 goals for the season. Uh, and I think I think Garnacho is is he on seven for the season now. So uh, I'd like to see both of them kick on now and get to maybe uh, 15 goals each, if possible. Absolutely. And it's gonna if we're gonna win games between now and the end of the season with with the defense as we've already talked about, it's gonna be the goals at the other end of the pitch will win us games. So hopefully the percentage chances they'll knock them in a lot more quickly than they did in the first half of the season. They certainly look as if they enjoy playing with each other. The the shot of the three young fellas sitting on the side of the fence after the goal was lovely to see. They're the future of the club and Menu's in the middle of it and uh, you can see how much he's enjoying the football. It's not too much for him at 18. Brilliant. Um, Jay Moddy from Stratford Paddock, who, who's been on the show several times, um, was was getting a bit carried away on on Twitter earlier. Um, although I think he was only half joking. Where he, he posted a photo of the three young players, you know, sitting on the advertising hoardings, and, and he said, yeah. "These three are going to be the next Golden Trinity statue outside Old Trafford." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh! If we we could only hope, we could only hope. Well, don't 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 uh, drop drop any enthusiasm for them. Give them every help and assistance they can get, and tell them they're good. And you know, put a shoulder around them if they need be. You know, remember, Manu made a mistake earlier on the season. He took it on the shoulders, got on, and he's a regular midfielder. He's he's on the sheet every week for me and for most United fans. He's proved that you can uh, learn from mistakes and march on. And boy, he's going to be some player that guy. Yeah, I think it was Roy Keane said when he departed the club in 2005 that Rooney and Ronaldo would win United the Champions League, uh, which happened three years later. And I'm hoping that Menu, Hoyland and Garnacho will win United the Champions League in the next five years. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, let's, and, let's set the target high. But we need to get the defence built from the back. Let's get the defence sorted. We know what the forwards can do. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I want uh, uh, an absolute top-class centre-half this summer that's going to play 38 Premier League games um, and hopefully play play most of those alongside Martinez. Um, uh, because there's too much of a drop-off when we lose Martinez. At least if next season we lose him for games, hopefully not long periods, that then we feel more secure if we have another top-class centre-half there. To, the problem with us at the moment is that there's nobody near Martinez's level, not even Varane, I'm afraid. He is... He's on a decline, uh, to be honest. He's not a defender he was at Real Madrid. At uh, times, he can be really good, like he was at Anfield and several other games. But at times, he, he, he looks like he's, he's lost a yard of pace. Um, and concentration seems to let him down. Now he's too lackadaisical. Um, so, yeah, Martinez is streets above any other 
centre-back we have at the club. And So what I'm trying to say is we need to sign another centre-back at that level and pair them together. And then we, we'll feel more, feel more secure as fans um, about keeping clean sheets in games. But uh, now with Martinez being out for six weeks, um, I'm not confident with the back four of Dallow, Maguire, Varane and Shaw. Um, that we're, I feel we're going to see goals in most games with that back four. Um, but hopefully, like Casemiro and Manu can play every game to near the end of the season and, and provide protection uh, for the back four. And But then again, I just forgot about a certain person but, between yes, the Yes, I'm going to whisper the goalkeeper to you. What about him? Goodness me. He doesn't inspire confidence. <sighs> I don't. I, I'm sorry. I don't trust him at all. Um, and there's a reason why West Ham had so many shots on goal yesterday because they just they fancy that if they get one on target, it it, it could go in. And I, if I was David Moyes, I'd be telling my players to do the same thing. Uh, now, yesterday wasn't one of his worst days, but um, he makes far too many fundamental errors. Has been dropped by his country now. Um, only played one out of the four games for Cameroon in Afcon. Um, but Ten Hag is extremely loyal to player that he that he had at Ajax previously and it was not going to drop him for Bayenda. Um, we don't know how good Bayenda is because he's only playing against Newport and it's hard to judge him on that. Um, so we're going to be I, I feel as if as long as Ten Hag is here then we're going to have Onana as a number one and that that makes me feel terribly insecure about United at the back. Well he doesn't use his hands from corners and set pieces. He stays static on his line. He's got an advantage over the uh, attackers that he can come out and use his hands, they can't and he should, he just doesn't seem to have any inclination at all to try to dominate that area which is basically his, when you think of the pass with Schmeichel, etc who absolutely would have roared at the defenders and the attackers and would have come out and punched the ball clear he, and Lisa saved them against Wolves as we referred to earlier, he just is absolutely static, it's horrible to watch I think he's lost confidence because in, in both games against Wolves are a good example. Earlier in the season, he came off his line against Wolves, should have given away a penalty with VAR. It's mystified absolutely everyone as to why they didn't give it. And he came off his line against Wolves uh, last week. And as you say, Martinez had to clear it off the line. So that's why he's shy now about coming off his line because he gets no one near the ball when he does, usually. Uh, so he's he's not... He's not he's not helping us defend corners or set pieces by coming out and collecting balls that should be his or punching them away to the halfway line. Um, so I think you know all these errors that he made early on has really shattered his confidence. I believe, and you know it's it can be very hard to get back. Um, I know that Schmeichel has said that he's given him a couple of pep talks. You know when he's been there, O'Shaver, you know, working for the media on on Champions League nights, but. Uh, Right. If you don't, if you don't have it mentality, uh, you don't have the mentality, and you don't have the ability, it, it, it can be tough. Um, I just another issue for me is that you know we we've been used to for since two thousand between two thousand eleven and two thousand twenty three, we had a goalkeeper whose reactions were so sharp and he was so brilliant at getting down to low shots and saving them, making saves that he had no right to make. Onana's nowhere near that level when it comes to shot stopping. He's very slow at getting down to shots, isn't he? Oh, he is very, very much so. And it doesn't help the, the defenders in front of him. They don't know whether he's going to come. He doesn't. And most goalkeepers who are dominant roar to say keeper's ball, for example. It's fairly basic in any level of football. That guy doesn't do anything like that. And it's just, you, you call it, you just don't, do not know what he's going to do, whether he's going to move. Some of the shots that go by him 
he doesn't seem to even get in the position to actually dive. They just go past him in the net and, and they're not hit hard, for example. And that's, the people in front of him must say they must be very frustrated by that too. Yeah, you've seen how static he was when Pedro Neto took one away um, last Thursday and didn't even make an attempt to save it. He didn't He didn't see it coming. Um, yeah, now, to give credit where credit's due, he made a good save yesterday from a, a, the ball that ricocheted off Anderson Alvarez um, and looked like it was goal-bound. Um, he can do that from time to time. For for example, in the Manchester Derby, I think he made a bunch of saves. Um, but a bit like Maguire, there's always a big error in him. And with with Onana, it can be two in one game, as we saw in the Champions League against Galatasaray. Um, so I, I, it's a strong opinion, but I feel like he's going to have to be written off in the summer and replaced. I think he's our Claudio Bravo. Well, I think so too. But whether our manager is of a mind to uh, take some balls on behalf of the manager to admit he's made a mistake and move on, I haven't seen that uh, inclination from the manager and the way he coaches teams. He just doesn't seem to want it. But look how long he played Anthony when as everybody on podcast here says to you week in and week out. Nobody thinks he's good enough for the Premier League. Never mind been good enough to play for our great club. Even even Anthony's cameo appearances now are appalling uh, from the bench. He, he contributed to that third goal against Wolves. By, um, you know, you're 3-2 up, you're defending a lead. You don't try and dribble past two defenders. You take the ball to the corner or um, just keep possession. It's so naive yeah. from, from Anthony there, and then that it costs us a goal in the end. Um, yeah, he just he can't have a winger that can't beat a man. I mean, no, 86 no, million quid not. for that. But he, he had people in um, space, that particular incident you refer to. He could have just knocked it sideways and kept the move going, and as you say, hold the ball up. But he tried to be too extravagant and, and lost the ball and we lost the goal. And, and he, he's, he's a season and a half at the club now and he, he just doesn't seem to have learnt that lesson. That there are times where you don't have to go crazy when you're leading a game. Too many times this year, especially in the Champions League, we've been in control of games. And that's one of our major weaknesses. We don't seem to be able to adapt to leading a game and closing it out. Something's wrong there. This coaching need to have a look at that. Very much so. Yeah, that that is a major major issue. Um, if we were able to close games out, we'd still be in the Champions League, and we would have had a lot more points on the board this season in in the Premier League. Um, yeah, even a two goal lead for United with ten minutes to go, I still don't feel secure. We always want that third goal, don't we? We always want that three goal lead before we actually feel as if we've won the game, which is shocking, really. Um, Donny here says what I. What I was most impressed with yesterday was how professional performance it was and how consistently we kept our shape, pre- pressing at the right moments and allowing West Ham to force their own errors. Yeah, it wasn't a scintillating, exciting display at Old Trafford. It was just a professional job, wasn't it? Uh, you know, it just went about their business. You know, we're clinical in front of goal um, and, you know, made those last-ditch challenges to prevent you know West Ham from scoring. And it was just... Uh, it, it, it had to, they worked hard for their victory. There was nothing sparkling about the performance. Um, now, one thing I disagreed with from the manager was taking off Kobe Menu after 64 minutes for Scott McTominay. Yes, I would acknowledge that McTominay got an assist for the third goal and, by, and won the ball back on that occasion. But I just don't agree with taking Kobe Menu off. Um, when he 
he's such an important player for us. I mean, he won us the game against Wolves, obviously, with an absolute piece of brilliance. Um, and McTominay for me is a major drop in quality from Kobe Manu. Um, so it's not a, I just people think I'm being too harsh on Scott McTominay, but I, he's just uh, he has his uses, but I just don't think that he's. He's got the ability to be a, a midfielder from Man United. I just feel like when he comes on, then the quality drops in the centre of the park. How do you see it, Nigel? Yeah, I agree with that entirely. I mean, remember the years of Mac Fred, the two of them, and we both were convinced that neither was good enough to play a full 90 minutes week in and week out. Now Fred is gone, and good luck to him in his career. But McTominay was nearly gone, and nobody I know was too upset at the thought that he was leading Old Trafford. He's done well, he scored goals this season, but he's a guy you bring on, as you say, late in the game for an impact. You certainly don't take him off. Take Manu, one of your primary players, off as early as the 64th minute or whatever minute was, because he's not at that level. It's distribution, and uh, he gives the ball away far too often. Well, I'm going, I'm going to assume that he was protecting Manu, um, but as we all always say, you know, you're 18 years old, you're a young man, do you, do you really need a rest? Um, I suppose he played 100 minutes on Thursday night and uh, he, he played 64 minutes uh, against West Ham and the manager felt that I'm going to protect him now because we're 2-0 up. But, uh, but we had another game for, for another week. Yeah, that's uh, right. The so... counter argument is that there's a week between that game finishing and that young fellow being ready for Aston Villa at half four next Sunday. That's loads of time to recover. He doesn't need, especially, as you say, the brilliant goal he scored. He was on a high. He wants to build on his performance week in and week out. So you thought he was very disappointed when he was substituted, and quite rightly so, because he, he wasn't having a bad game. Yeah, he was very, very disappointed to be taken off. You could see it in his body language. Um, but as, as Danny alludes to here, the problem is when we take off our quality players, we don't have the strength and depth on the bench to replace them, and that's why it is. That's why sometimes I hate making subs. Um, unless we're bringing on someone exciting like Ahmad Diallo, then yeah. see when we're bringing on most of our bench is is a major drop off from the starting eleven. So sometimes I don't like to see substitutions for that reason. Um, but yeah. just on Ahmad Diallo hasn't played since the thirtieth of December against Nottingham Forest. And he played well in that game. And I was watching another fan show this morning and they were equally frustrated with the lack of minutes for Diallo. Um, at Newport was an obvious opportunity to, to maybe start him. But even yesterday, with with us being... Uh, we're 3-0 up after um, 84 minutes. Um, would that not have been a chance to... To bring Bruno off and give give him a rest and put Diallo in at number ten. Uh, once again, he got absolutely no minutes at all. I don't understand it, Nigel. No, it's it's as I said recently. He's going to be the new Palestri under Ten Hag. He's going to get very little time at all. I, I understand he's very fit now and, and is down to play more football. He missed games through the illness. Uh, but uh, ask the Sunderland faithful about what they think. I mean, it's a different level, the championship, but he deserves the opportunity. They've decided to keep him and sell Palestri. Well, let's let's give him a few games and more minutes, and let's 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 let us all have a judgment because when you're as far ahead in the game as that, 
you couldn't see West Ham yesterday scoring four in the last six minutes. So why not throw him on, give him the experience? And the, the crowd would have cheered him on. They're, they want to see the guy. Yeah, with the best 11 being available in the last few games, I don't expect to see Ahmad play in, in against Wolves and West Ham. Um, but you'd expect him to come off the bench. You know, he brought him, on, brought him on after like 55 minutes against Forrest. Um, didn't I don't understand how you can empty the whole bench and Ahmad still sits down. Uh, it's confusing. Um, to me, he's a very exciting young player. I want to see more of him. Um, away to Austin Villa, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing an opportunity there for him either. Um, Luton, uh, it depends, you know, if, if we manage to put the game away early or not. Uh, there's no midweek games now, really. There may be the odd one in the Premier League, but there's obviously no European football. So if, if he's not going to bring him on as a sub, then he's not going to get any minutes at all. Which is very disappointing. Um, I suppose another thing that's not went in his favour is that Garnacho has kind of consolidated the right wing position, um, and that would have that's his number one position. Diallo, uh, obviously he's a, he's versatile. He can play on the left. He can play at number ten. And but yeah, I thought yesterday there could have been an opportunity there after eighty minutes or so to take up Bruno Fernandez and and give Diallo maybe uh, ten minutes plus stoppage time and get a look at him and see what he's like in that position. But the manager didn't didn't avail of that opportunity. Um, so Bruno Fernandes, while he got an uh, an assist for Garnacho's second or first goal, the second goal of the game for United, um, it was mostly an individual goal really. But I thought his performance was was, was lacking again. Um, too many wayward passes and. Yeah, he's not in the greatest of form at the moment, is he, Nigel? No, he's not, sadly. I mean, nobody admires more than me the amount of goals and assists he scored since he came to the club in January 2020. But his current form, all the people around me watching these games are, are saying that he should be doing more. He's given the ball away a lot. Thankfully, he wasn't too involved. The way the game went, he wasn't too involved uh, shouting at the referee yesterday, which is a real pain for most fans. But uh, for a, a player of that quality, the odd uh, cross-field ball or spray down the left-hand side and then nothing for the rest of the 90 minutes. I mean, he's, he's, he's playing there every week on the strength of what he's done previously. In current form, he's not playing well. I think most people would agree with that. No, but then he can just... Uh, he... He's a type of player that can play a blinder out of nowhere. You know, in the next game, he could come away with two goals. And will be, you know, singing his praises again, um, but there hasn't been enough of those performances lately. I suppose we were kind of spoiled, and when he first in his first six months at the club, he seemed to be scoring goals and assists in every single match, and we thought that yeah. was the way it was going to be for years. But it can be hard to maintain that form, for, um, for during your whole time at the club. But yeah, yeah I just want thing, to come back to him. The other thing, Kyle, is the dead ball situations. He has total control over corners and free kicks, and they are wasted time and space. They really are. It's not, they have to try something else. It shouldn't automatically go to him because he's the captain that he takes every corner and takes every free kick. There should be other players within that squad able to do that because you often say to me, he'll hit the wall or he'll go over the bar. When does he ever, I mean, he had one save yesterday, which was a routine save really for the goalkeeper. He was that far out when he shot. 
but really he's not justifying himself the way he used to do with with uh, set ball situations. We are really really weak in that area. Yeah, I don't get excited when we get a free kick anymore. Um, when other teams get a free kick, they have a specialist and they have a chance of scoring. West Ham, obviously, with Ward-Prowse. But when we get a free kick, I'm just not even interested anymore because I'd expect it to either be off target or hit the wall. And it's it's very, very disappointing that we don't really have a, a set-piece specialist anymore at the club. Um, well. I just want to go back to Menu for a second. Danny makes a, a decent point here that, you know, he did suffer a long-term injury in pre-season, which meant that his season didn't really start until November when he when he made his Premier League, first Premier League start against Everton, of which he was excellent in that game. Um, so, yeah, I think Ten Hag is being a bit cautious, I suppose. He doesn't want um, Menu to get another injury, um, another muscle tear or something like that. Um uh, so he's just being overly cautious. It can be frustrating as a fan when you're you're taking off one of your best players to bring on Scott McTominay. But you know you, you can look at it from the manager's point of view that he 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 feels this game is is more or less won and he wants to you know protect a, a very important player for Aston Villa. Um, yeah, albeit that's a good point. Away. That's a good point. But, yeah. Well made. Yeah. Um. So player ratings. Um, I'm going to ask you to do them this time, then, Nigel. Um, Andrew, okay. Andrew Renana. Well, he made very early on. He made a, a great save from close range. Uh, I'd give him a five. Uh, Diego Dallo. Well, he, he he a better game than normal for me. I'd give him a six. And Martinez. Oh nine. He only played 70 minutes, but a nine for me. He was totally dominant. Wonderful distribution as well, which is an asset for a back four player. Excellent, yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Harry Maguire? I'd, I'd give him a six. He made the one mistake, but uh, he didn't do anything spectacular for me. Yeah. Luke Shaw? I give him a seven. He's very good in that left hand side. His weaknesses is defensive play, but he certainly his interaction with Rashford. It wasn't so prominent as it was on Thursday night against Wolves, but he's a very exciting player. The way he gets around the back and crosses the ball and creates chances. Yeah, he's just a tidy footballer. Uh, he tried to play one two at Rashford, but Rashford didn't give it back to him. Had he have done so? Shaw was in a prime position to play that ball across the six-yard box for a tapping, but Rashford went for the shot that they went way to the post. Um, yeah, yeah, but they, clearly they've got a rapport there, them two. Um, so hopefully they, they can both um, pl play the rest of the season together and we can reap the benefits of that. So Casemiro? I'd give him an eight. Best game I've seen from this season. Very, very played the whole great to see him play the full game and Kobe I'd give him a seven another steady game he, he does the simple things very easily and he he can see movement in front of him so he, he's getting better every game as far as I'm concerned and Bruno Bruno Fernandez I'd give him a six he, he just had a quiet game by his standards you know And Alejandro Garnacho. 
I'd give him a nine. He scored two goals, looked to be enjoying himself. Has genuine flair. Always excited me from the moment I saw him playing for the youth team. Brilliant, brilliant prospect. And just if he keeps his head in the ground, he goes to the top, top of the game. And Rasmus Hoyland. I'd give him an eight. Scored a important first goal. His his link up play is getting better and better now. And uh, the the fact that he was confident enough to score on the right side it gives great great hope for the future. He's a lot of promise. That guy. He's getting more service, and he wants that service. He's prepared to take responsibility as centre forward, and and that's a good sign. And. Trying to think of who who who's playing on the on the left. Is it Rashford? Sorry, yeah, Rashford. Martin with Rashford, yeah. Well, I'd I'd give him a six, no more than that. I I think his body language is not good enough for me. He's just not involved. Times he's just watching the ball and watching people run past him. Uh, after what we've seen in, in recent games and the scores, he's got a, a great home. He was getting back to his best, but yesterday for whatever reason, and who knows what's in his head may come out later what all his domestic problems are, whatever it is. But his, his, his game isn't there at the moment. Kyle, I don't know if you agree or not. Well, it says it all that I couldn't remember who was playing on the left. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, think that, I think that answers your question. <laughs> um, so, Eric Ten Hag, what does he get? Well, he got a 3-0 win at home, so I'd give him a 7, yeah. Very good. Results. It's a results business, and he got the results yesterday. But uh, there are things he has to work on and learn from, so let's hope. He hoped that this was going to be his main team for the rest of the season. Martinez, how is he going to adapt to that? There's going to be an awful lot of work have to be put in in the training ground before next Sunday, and we're going to hold them out. I think Tin Hag called it a disaster, the injury to Martinez, and I think we all feel the same. He knows how crucial he is, and we only just got him back. You know, you know, there's been a lot of poor mismanagement at Manchester United since 2013, but there's been a lot of bad luck as well, and this is another one of those occasions. Uh, sometimes things just don't go your way, and it's, it's happened again. You know, it's just the one defender that you didn't want to lose, uh, and, and that's the one that we've lost again. Uh, I mean, he only made his comeback, was it against... Tottenham as a substitute. I mean, that was only mid-January, and here we are, the fifth of February, and we've lost them again. Yeah. Um. So the next game is Aston Villa, which is going to be really, really tough. Coming off a five-nil win, Sheffield United. You know, I know the Sheffield United have lost by five or more goals five times this season, but uh, Villa have been so impressive this season, scoring goals for fun. Unai Emery is a manager that I'm a, a big fan of. Um, if we're going to recruit within the Premier League, he'd be someone that I'd be looking at. Um, and they are fourth in the league. They are eight points ahead of us. Um, and their, their, their goal difference is 19, whereas ours is minus one. Um, at home, uh, United... Probably one of United's best performances of the season in that game. We went 2-0 down to Aston Villa after about 20 minutes. Then United dominated the game um, for the last 70 minutes of the match um, and fully deserved the 3-2 victory. I think again, on that occasion, I think Garnaccio got two and Hoyland got one. 
exactly the same as yesterday. We're going to need more of the same from those two gems up front, aren't we, if we're going to win at Villa Park? Oh, definitely. They, 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 Birmingham's the second city in England, Kyle, and they have a great home support. Always have done when I've been watching them in the, the old first division. And uh, they're, they're fired up. Most of their fans would probably admit that they can't believe that they are in the position that they're currently in the Premier League. But as you say, the manager's very good judgment. He seems to get uh, the absolute best out of some players who you would think weren't at the top level. But he's got them all believing. And uh, it's up to us to believe that we can go away and win a game as important as this. I mean, we had to beat West Ham yesterday. They were above us in the league. Now we've gone past them. We have to set the same goals, achieve the same at, at Villa Park. So, uh, But the first 20 minutes will be very, very crucial because we'll have a a new central defence pairing again, and that goalkeeper behind. We have to keep it uh, a clean sheet very early on, or they'll 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 go on the rampage. I think. Yeah, it's going to be hard to keep a clean sheet in this game, especially without Lissandro. Um, so I think we're going to have to score at least three goals to win this game. But we're more than capable of it, you know, with with our our, our front players really firing at the moment. If you remember from most of the season, we've been complaining about the lack of goals from forwards, but they've certainly turned that around in recent in recent weeks, and it's given us a chance to win games again. Um, but this is out of all the fixtures in February, this is the toughest by a mile. Um, I don't think we can even afford a draw because we need wins to get closer to that fourth position, and Villa are the team in fourth. So if we could win the game, we we'd be within five points of them. Um, a, a draw would leave us still eight points off them, so it's not good enough. We have to win the game, don't we? Yeah, it, it, it has to be manager-led, great positivity, and as you say, the forwards are really firing at the moment, and the link play between them, it's very quick. It's very quick, fast and direct, and they're enjoying playing with each other, whilst there was none of that before Christmas. So we've turned it around there, so if we can get us a, an early goal and get the midfield sound and keep the pressure on them at back by getting behind them, getting the ball into the middle. There's no reason why we can't win that game if we can solidify the back four, which is, I say, is a weak link at the moment. Well, no matter what happens, I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be goals at both ends, and it, 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 it's going to be really entertaining. Um, uh, no surprise that Sky have selected it as one of their live matches. Um, as, Danny here says, great to listen to your analysis, lads. Love to support local channels. Being from Derry myself and living in Belfast. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the comment, Danny. It's good to have people from, from Ireland uh, listening to the show as well. Um, as, as other people around the world, we we like to have people from Australia watching, if they can. <laughs> given the time difference, we like to have people from the Middle East, Africa, South America, US, Europe. Um, but... Uh, always great to have uh, local lads listen to the show as well and um, so Nigel it's been a pleasure as always oh no problem Kyle anytime enjoyed it yeah thanks if everyone could please smash a like on the video get more of your comments in I'll reply to those and subscribe to the podcast and I will be back following the Aston Bell game